We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host tonight, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, we're going to forget about you for a second, like always. Always. I am, I am super excited for this one, guys. This is on. Like I was, I, I was talking to him before, and I, I, I don't know if I was hyping him up or not, but um, th- this is the man, the myth, the legend. Like he's the social media, the the social media guru that isn't the angels. If that makes sense. You you are you are the man, honestly. Um, Angels top plays on Instagram, of course, and Twitter. Andrew Gatto, how are you doing, my friend? And no, give us a spew. Like, where can we find everything? Like, tell us about everything. Like, I'm I'm excited. This is this yeah. is I'm really excited. Yeah, man, you you really do hype me up, and I I do appreciate it. Uh, Jared, Nate, great to be on with you guys. I am on Angels Top Plays. That's my home. That's my baby. Um, on Instagram, Angels underscore Top Plays, and then I'm on Twitter, Plays Angels, and that's really where I kind of just go and and tweet without thinking. Um, sometimes regret it. Sometimes get some flag for it, but it's just my off the cuff thoughts that I go to and vent with the rest of Angels Twitter. <laughs> I think we all I think we all have to vent occasionally at this team. Unfortunately, you know, it's just something like. Yeah, it has to happen from time to time. So, Nate, I guess we got to get to you. How are you doing? Good. That's what this is for, right? Chance to <laughs> vent and, you know, talk baseball. So, really good to be here. Good to have Andrew on. Absolutely, guys. So, go f- if you're not, which I feel like everybody does, you know, how many followers you have. Everybody has to follow you by now. But if you don't, go on and follow him. Go go follow him on Twitter. Go, um, go follow him on Instagram. He does a fantastic, unbelievable job. Like I said, I, I cannot preach it enough. I can't preach it enough. He does an absolutely amazing job on, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so go follow him on, on all those. And, and guys, don't forget to um, follow us on Twitter as well. You can follow us Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're getting back on everything. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well. Cause I mean, you can see us now if you're watching us, it's kind of cool. Um, you can follow myself at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at Nate green 34 and Andrew again, tell us where they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram. Of course. Angels Top Plays on Instagram and Plays Angels on Twitter. 
go do all that guys. So I, like I started off the podcast, the show last time with John, I want us to do a little rapid fire with uh, Andrew here. Nate, if you want to chime in, you can, I don't need it. You know, I don't need you here, but we can, you can chime in if you want. So just <laughs> some rapid, fair. that's fair. Just some rapid fire questions here for you, Andrew. Um, favorite sunflower seed. Well, I liked the, um, uh, the, well, I want to try to think I'm playing on the cracked pepper from Spitz, but I'm also a proponent for the salted caramel. I catch so much like that because it's such a weird flavor. Jared's <laughs> celebrating. I've found a new friend because I do love that flavor. And people are like, what are you doing eating that? I'm like, it's kind of good. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's my favorite seed. It really is like coaching wise. I'll just grab a bag. I'll have two bags. So I'll go through one bag during a double header and the next, the next day we have another double header and I go through another bag and everybody on the team hated me, but I absolutely love them. I have a sweet tooth though. That's, that's a bad thing for me. They're with you. Yeah. He hit on both of ours. Yeah. He hit Nate. That's impressive. And, yeah, dude, you are the combination. That was impressive. That. That's impressive. <laughs> I'll bridge the gap here. <laughs> that's, that's awesome, man. So, uh, Brandon Marsh or Joe Adele? Oh man. I, I you don't, you won't, you don't a, need to get any hate for that. You won't get any hate from this one. I know, but there's such a pair. You're gonna make me choose. Um, <laughs> I had Joe Adele on, on a live stream uh, about a month ago and got to see more of him than just a player and just made me come out loving him more. So because of that right now, I'll say Joe Adele, but I I'd like to see both of them on the angels for a while. hundred uh, percent. Both fantastic people in general, uh, beyond the baseball scene, both fantastic, uh, but both fantastic baseball players as well. And hopefully have a, you know, long, illustrious career. So um, favorite color Gatorade, favorite flavor. Should I, say? Um, I like what is it, the light blue, like the glacier ice, I think one of that old classic ones. Yeah, you got it right there. Oh man, of course. <laughs> we're the same person. What's going on here? Man? We're on. This is fantastic. This is, this is great. This is great. So, um, What's uh, what's the best topping for a hot dog? I'm I'm a straight ketchup guy, and that's basically it. Like I'm I'm a simple hot dog, and maybe that's like just the fact that I didn't grow up in a big city or something like that. I wasn't eating hot dogs very often. I eat hot dogs at, at baseball games on the Fourth of July, and that's basically it. Yep. So ketchup for me. I hate mustard with a passion. So. <laughs> I, I honestly think we're the same person. Did you this is feed weird. him? This did you weird. feed him the answers beforehand or what? <laughs> this is this is great. We, I think I listened like, to your guys last podcast. I remember Nate. I think did you say you were a big mustard fan. No, no, John did. Mustard. John. John's a mustard. John said guy. that. Okay. All right. I'll make sure I'm not stepping on any toes in this conversation. But <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm a chili dog guy. To be honest, I forgot to mention that last time. I love chili dogs, but I mean, if I had to pick just a normal topping, you know, I didn't have chili. Um, ketchup would definitely be the way to go. So, and I think Nate, Nate, were, were you ketchup? Uh, a little bit onion. There you go. So, mm. not not too bad. Um, what are you wearing to a game? A real jersey or a t-shirt jersey? I'm a real jersey guy. Oh, I got a Mike Trout jersey and I got a Rod Carew jersey. That's one of my favorite things to wear. Nice, Nate. I don't think you've answered that question before. What are you? Yeah, real jersey? real jersey. Okay. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on the day for me. If it's too hot, yeah. Like, but of course, I definitely sweat my my butt off in some real jerseys before. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, that's it for rapid fire. I just wanted to get us, uh, get us all going here. I, I'm excited. You know, that, that was great. Like we just, we became best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite dinosaur on three, one, two, three, Velociraptor. Dang it. All right. All right. All right. It's so, the pointy pokey tail. I think that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> that's great. That's great. All right. Let's get on to some baseball talk. I mean, not that those questions weren't baseball related, but let's get on to some baseball talk. Um, news came out today of, possible robot umpires actually definite ro- robot umpires in in AAA. nate this is something that i know you've been wanting to talk to talk Ooh. about forever for a while 
um, as two pitchers here. Uh, I don't what, did you play baseball as a kid? What did you play? Position? I did. I played third base for the most part. Third base and catcher. Sweet. Oh, well, catcher, so he might be on our side. Yeah, you, <laughs> you might be. You might be. So um, let's start with Nate here because I know Nate has this weird bone to pick with this robot umpire thing. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of on the fence with both both ways. I understand both arguments, but Nate, go ahead. Throw us your pitcher argument. Well, I just hate it because I was the guy who didn't throw hard. So I was the guy who hit spots, and it was like, I, I want to get rewarded for hitting my spot. I don't want to watch some guy throw 97 and miss the guy's – miss a spot by 15 feet, and it crosses his own. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll give it to him. Like, come on. Sure. Part, part of it is can you hit a spot? Like, that's part of the finesse and part of the game, and I like the human aspect of it. Like, you know, some umpires are, hey, I'll give you a half off, or I won't give you a half off, and, you know, it takes a little bit to find that out. So I think – it really kills guys like Kyle Hendricks, who I love to watch pitch. It kills, you know, guys like that where it's like, okay, you know, Kyle, you're probably done pitching because you're not going to get, you know, a ball off the plate, maybe a half ball off the plate. Now you have to throw 86, 88 over the plate and, you know, have fun watching guys hit that all over the yard. So, I don't know. I just think that's a really bad move, especially AAA. AAA is the worst, and, you know, you guys get into that. But just to have it in AAA is the worst possible league to put it in. Yeah, I agree. I, um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, like I said, I stand on the border both ways. I understand. Like I want to bring the most effective way to officiate a game into it. Like I love, I like football. I love the way that football does it. Um, I think that football does a fantastic job with officiating and being able to review a lot of stuff and get things right. Um, but that's football though. Like you almost have to get things right. There's like not a place for human error in a sense. Anymore. Football, you can, you can be like, do whatever like hold there's holding on every play they could call whenever they want pass interference is very questionable like you know that's the same thing like mm-hmm. if pass interference is questionable i can't balls and strikes be questionable yeah yeah and, and the first thing that comes into my head is the el duque no hitter i think i could totally be wrong where you just see him like hitting six inches off the plate like that's a little too much for me and i, I agree like you look at some of the old games um you know levon hernandez no yeah. hitter i think as well i think that might have been it where you see him hitting like foot off the plate with his two seam fastball and it's like that's not a strike no. but i get it during the moment and such like that um andrew i don't know if you have a have a side on this um what your thought is on yeah. i find myself in the middle for sure and i'll pull in the catching um perspective mm-hmm. is that i love and appreciate someone who can frame a pitch okay. like it's become one of my favorite aspects of watching baseball in the last few years as that's become more of more of a, a trackable statistic and watching martin maldonado and max dassey just be elite pitch framers this is something i super enjoy and that completely gets i mean eliminated with the robo ump um, of course, I also hate when a game goes one way because you just have a terrible umpire back there. And But I think that if there's like just greater accountability in the umpire, you know, within the umpire staffing, that, that maybe that's something that kind of gets corrected. But you still do hate to see, uh, not oftentimes, but there's times where games come down to just a bad call and it's tough. And sometimes it goes your way and sometimes it, sometimes it doesn't. And it just depends on where you find yourself on on that. But if we were to go to robo-umps, I would very much so miss the skill of pitch framing. 100%. That's, that's a big aspect that's going to be missed too because what, you know, like, what are you going to throw behind the plate now? Because Max Dassey then becomes nothing. Irrelevant. Becomes exactly. Irrelevant. I use like nothing. Like, because his bats, you know, here, so so. Maybe there's something there, you know, but where a lot of these guys pull in a lot of their value as catchers are, are their defensive skills as a catcher. And it's how can you call a game? How can you catch a game? And then how many balls can you get called in that pitcher's favor? And that's pitch framing. And that's something you're definitely going to lose if you have a robot telling you what's a ball and what's a strike. 
Gary Sanchez goes from middle of the pack to bottom third catcher to top third catcher. You know, like maybe a top three catcher at that point because all he does is hit home runs. And it's like, dude can't catch to save his life. Got a cannon behind the dish and he rakes. That's literally all you're asking for is a guy who rakes and has a cannon. Yeah, what I mean, what's what's saving anything from putting Nelson Cruz behind the plate? You know, like that's honestly like you know, we'll, yeah, I mean, minus thing. minus how old he is in a sense. Like Nelson yeah. Cruz isn't a catcher, obviously, but like that's that exactly that. Like, I mean, just put a net back there and let us have two. Let us have two DHs. It's fine. I just feel like it's a very. Uh, I mean, the more and more you think about it, it's it's very you know br- offensive. Like, let's bring more offense to the table. Like the catcher catching position is by far the worst offensive position i think on the diamond without even without looking at stats I, i'm fairly certain that that's got to be the worst offensive position um mm-hmm. and it, you know it just it feels like let's just bring more offense to the table you know let's hurt pitchers more and like yeah. i'm okay with it like i totally understand both sides like and i wouldn't be upset either way like if we see robot umpires that's cool you know like we're getting the game right in a sense um but i also respect all of the arguments that you guys have given as well um which is you know, like you're basically getting rid of catchers in a sense. Nate, this has been your argument forever. Manfred's been trying to get rid of left-handed pitchers forever. And we'll, oh, yeah. and They're gone. we'll probably, yeah, I think we'll kind of discuss this. Uh, left-handed relievers in a sense. Um, we'll just kind of discuss this a little bit more down the road with the CBA arguments mm-hmm. that we'll have here in a bit. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just, it just feels like it's, um, it's moves that don't need to happen. I'm cool with it. Again, I said, I'm fine with it. It, it is what it is. It's bringing more perfection into baseball. Um, but you need a human element in baseball. Like that's one of the only things that you actually need a human element in. Like golf is another thing. I feel like you can make errors. Like playing golf video game isn't that fun because there's no human element. Like you can go shoot a 15 or 30 under in golf when you're uh, playing video game. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens in AAA. I don't think it's the right spot by any means. That's a horrible spot for it because you're just bringing guys up and down from that spot. And it, it's going to mess. It's just going to mess with them. I'm, I'm in hundred percent agreement with what Jared Weaver had to say about it. Um, it wasn't anything crazy, but he did seem like fire off about it. Uh, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence about it. We'll kind of see how it goes. I'm excited to see how it goes in AAA. And I don't know if you guys had any other thoughts on, on this robot umpire thing. Um, one last, one yeah. last thing for me, uh, Andrew kind of brought up, it would be nice to see some accountability from the umpires. And I think it's hilarious. The KBO just came out a couple week ago and they said that they are going to be umpire or um, their umpires will be individually evaluated and those with poor grades will get demoted to the minor leagues. So they're going to grade every single umpire every single game and say the top 60 or whatever it is, is going to stay in the big leagues. And then the, the bottom half is going to go down the top half of the minor leagues is going to go up. And I think that's awesome. Like the big leagues should do that. There's already on Twitter, the, uh, Umpire scorecard. The umpire scorecard, yeah. yeah. Like, how, how hard would it be to, to take that and be like, okay, hey, this is where you suck, you know, Angel Hernandez or put in wherever you want. And, uh, you know, you got to get better. If you want to stay in this in this league and you want to make this money, you got to get better. If not, like, have fun umpiring single A because, you know, this is everyone's job. This shouldn't be like, oh, you know, I volunteered to do this and I get to be here. Like, no, you should have to earn your job. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have a, I have a rule uh, proposition for you guys. What if you were able to challenge strike three or ball four? I had that thought. I had that thought. And I was wondering if 
like you give each team, you get like three challenge calls. Cause I, at the end of the day, like these, these balls are already being like computer, like tracked, right? You could like challenge it and you can have an answer within 10 seconds of what's this ball or strike. And that really puts pressure on teams not to be like calling every single ball or strike and challenging it, but really saving it for like, you know, that eighth inning where you got the bases loaded three, two count. And then, you know, it's a ball or it's like a strike and you, you know, end the inning on something like that. And you really want to question it. So I think it'd be super interesting. I mean, it's another fold to the rules of baseball. It's another fold to challenges in baseball. But I think it's a nice middle ground. 100%. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. That's something that's always been in the back of my head. Like, should, why, not, why not be able to ch- – you have the technology. Why not be able to challenge it, you know? Like, oh, well. the NFL tra- tried to challenge uh, – and I, we'll constantly go back to the NFL because <laughs> Nate and I think the NFL does it pretty, pretty well. Pretty good job. Pretty good job of it. Um, we always – you know, the NFL was able to ch- – they were able to challenge uh, pass interference for a year. And then it was like, okay, well, that's not going to work, you know, and that went away, obviously. But, but yeah, you know, I, I think that you at least got to try, like, try challenging it in a sense, like that you have the technology to do it. You, you, you need to do something. Um, I don't know if robo umpires is the way, but you got to be able to try to do something. And Nate, I know you had something to say on that. Part. Two last things. One, the reason why I would. You had the last thing last time. Only last hey. thing. <laughs> One, well, you brought something else up. Um, so first of all, the first argument was if you're allowed to challenge, you're probably not going to get as many uh, managers kicked out. You're not going to see as much emotion, which leads to my second thing. Managers are literally going to be a GM writing a lineup card. And I mean, half the league's already that way. You look at Scott Service and, you know, some of these guys, it's like, are, are these guys actually doing anything? No, probably not. Um, they're probably getting a phone call from the GM and some stat guy saying, you got to do this, this, and that. So possibly Ray Montgomery. Yeah, time. yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, it, exactly. So, if you start challenging these things, it's going to become. If you put robo ops in the big leagues, it's literally going to be okay. Um, I, I don't need a manager anymore. Just somebody put up the lamp card and, you know, tell us when to get hot. Like that's all I need to know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I, there's a side of me that says traditionalist. There's a side of me that says we need to move forward with things. Um, that's a tough part of baseball too. You know, like you gotta. You got to realize what things make it better and what things make it worse. And I think that's what Rob Manfred has done a very bad job of um, here. And I don't think we have really much else to say about that um, to this part, to this point. Um, but Andrew did bring up a really good, um, I guess, I don't know, talking point for us um, here. And Nate, I picked for you. Um, you're welcome. You two are going to battle it out. I'll kind of be that middleman. I'll, I, I feel like I can kind of, you know, see both sides pretty well. Um, the arbitrator. We don't like you. <laughs> yeah, arbitrator. I'm the arbitrator. I'll debate who uh, gets money by saves and wins. Uh, you guys are welcome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, Nate, you'll be arguing as the owners. You're welcome for that because I know Thank you. you. That, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Nate, <laughs> Nate, you're Artie Moreno and Rob Manfred. Uh, Andrew, you can be the players. Uh, Andrew, is a good way to go with that because he is one of the one of the main guys when it comes to players. Mike Scherzer is another guy too. So the first talking point, Nate, I'll let you argue it uh, on the owner's side first. You can do this. It's not that hard. You can do this. Close your eyes. Imagine you're a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. You have a lot of money right now, Nate. I'm a I'm a billionaire. You are a billionaire just for now. Um, the first thing we will argue here is manipulation of service time. Nate, that was on your side of things. I let you pick that one. So argue for keeping the service time as is, or I guess maybe come to try to come to an agreement here with this. See if we can do that. 
Yeah, I, I don't think that I'm going to be 100% on manipulating service time here. I think that the players should be okay with the proposal. Whole thing. I, I think the players should be okay with the proposal we gave last week. Um, you know, we, we gave them um, their teams will get an extra draft pick if they finish in the top three in, in Rookie of the Year, VP, or, or Cy Young. And I think that's a big thing. Um, because more games means you're probably going to finish in the top three as long as you perform. So um, I think that's a pretty fair um, offer. And I think also to go along with that is um, we're allowing them to come out of uh, free agency in five years instead of six years. So yes, we're probably manipulating it a little bit, but there would still be that six years. You wouldn't have the seven years. So that's my thing with it. It's a pretty fair offer. Absolutely. Yeah, I can agree with, with shortening service time. I don't see the idea of having the reward for having a player possibly become rookie of the year, possibly rank in the, the MVP or Cy Young conversation. I think it was top three, correct? Yeah, top um, three. I don't think that's going to motivate a lot of these owners to bring in a player uh, before that service time. What is it, like seven days of service or seven – or what is it? Sorry, it's like 90, 92% of the, the season has to be played for to count as your year. So I don't think that's going to um, hold back players from, from withholding service time. So I'd like to kind of work really on that. I think we need to kind of the, – the incentive for you owners <laughs> to pull back and, and manipulate the time of our great young star players is, is to save money, save an extra year of money essentially. And so we need to pull back and, and not um, – not encourage or not reward that sort of behavior. And I'd like to discuss possibly decreasing what was required for service time. 92% is, is a grand, like large, large part of the year. And I like to bring it down to close to 60%. Still think it's a majority of the year. And it's going to, I think, um, dispel the owners from really holding someone out for up until June um, if they're ready to go. Honestly, this sucks because I'm all about playing <laughs> like you play before you play before September. It should count as a year. Like if you're playing any baseball game before September, before September call up, it should count as a year. And I think that that should be you're part of it. But I know because I, I don't agree with Rob Manfred in everything he says. So you'll take my compromise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's fair. I, I, I give the point to Andrew on this one. Uh, one, <laughs> one it's hard, man. <laughs> I think he was winning either way. I, I mean, it's so tough. Can't to win fight. that one. It's so tough to fight for Manfred and so tough to fight for the owners um, with these little things, you know, that, that happen that really we think makes baseball better. So, I mean, I'm giving the point to Andrew on that one. Um, excellent job. I mean, Nate kind of gave it. Nate kind of gave it to you, though. But <laughs> I can't do anything talking. on that one. I'm not going to be like, yes, we're okay with manipulating the service time of our young players. <laughs> Make it That's eight. a tough spot. Deny, deny, deny. <laughs> we don't do that. Only do right. the Mariners do that. They're the only ones admitted to it. All right. So I think this one's going to be a little bit better um, of an argument because I I don't think there's a clear agreement on this. Um, I think. Expanded playoffs, uh, the owners argued for more teams, correct? Or was it the players argued for more teams? 14 teams, I think, is what the owners wanted. Um, players, I think, are okay with 12 teams. Yep. So, Nate, you're arguing for 14. Andrew, 12. I, I think there's a good talking point on both ends here. I think I think it can, it can happen both ways. So. Yeah, I, I think 14 gives us more money, which allows for both sides to get more money. And I think that helps you guys because you can give it to some younger younger players and it helps us because it grows the game. I think um, you look at what the NFL is and 
it's a short season and it's all about playoffs. And I think if we add an, an extra two teams, it makes the game more exciting. It allows more teams to get in it. It allows more fans to be involved and it allows everyone to be excited for, you know, the entire year instead of like half the teams, like, okay, we didn't make the playoffs. Actually more than half the teams, like in July, we didn't make the playoffs. So this thing's over. Um, so I think adding two more teams would really help. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm actually surprised you use a, uh, the talking point of tanking, but uh, that's okay. We'll I, I'm not going there yet. <laughs> all right, all right. That's for another one. Uh, so as a player, I like, I like the 12-team idea. Um, and I'm all on board with expanding or growing the game, creating more excitement in the game. What concerns me as a player is losing out on the competition through the season and the possibility of if you're taking almost half the league and saying, hey, you're going into the playoffs, our team's going to uh, not work as hard to create really competitive lineups. Will that eventually hurt contracts in some way? And will that just decrease the overall competition throughout the season? Uh, how do you respond to that? I think that you're still trying to win a championship. So whether whether we're here in playing 162 games or 158 games, I mean, we already have teams who don't play the last, you know, two weeks of the season. So it's just going to allow for more teams to compete that last week of the season. And we're going to have hopefully another year like we did in, what was that, 2008, 2010 with the Red Sox, the Orioles, the uh, Yankees, Rays, that, that whole scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what we're looking for is more excitement and more people wanting to watch baseball. And if we have more of those type of games where game 162 matters and, you know, more playoff games, I think everyone wins. Honestly, I got, I'm, uh, again, this is something, and I said it before, this is you're right on the border here with these two. Um, I, I'm cool with 12. I'm cool with 14. I think 14 brings a little more money. I think it brings a little more excitement, just like, in NCAA, I'd like to see more, maybe some more teams get into the playoffs. I don't know how players would like that, but I think more teams in the in NCAA playoffs. So I'm kind of all for um, more teams um, in it, unfortunately, here, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I kind of got to give you – not a great – That's a point not, for Nate. That's what I'm hearing. I, I didn't think he would ever give me a point. That's <laughs> actually really funny. You're not a great lawyer. Um, it's so funny because – you liked all the points I said, though. That's exactly what you just said is exactly what I just said. So no, I, I'm for it. I, I, I don't know, Andrew, are you for Are you for it or against it? Like, w- would you like to see more teams? Like, not player-wise, you know, but normal. Hey, yeah, yeah, as my as a personal baseball fan, um, I'm for it. I don't honestly see a difference between 12 and 14. Um, I, I honestly don't feel like the owners and players are arguing over that too much. I'm sure there's more kind of involved and it's being more used as, like, a, a trading piece of sorts. Um, I'm against – what I was against was like a 16 team just out of principle. I just feel yeah. like more than half the league shouldn't be making playoffs because then it's just what's the point of playing 116? Then it's just the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So between 12 14, I, I'm between, I really don't care between those two. It doesn't make that much of a difference to me. So I think, I mean, we're both in on in kind of an increase, I think, in, in playoffs. So I'm all for it. More baseball, the better. Um, but I think we would see a decrease in uh, regular season, probably like 150, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that wouldn't happen correct, right, right away. But I feel like eventually it might. Um, yeah. The, I think the only thing that. Go ahead. I was just going to say the only thing that concerns me would be the number one seed probably gets a buy. And how much is that really helping the number one seed if, you know, the Dodgers win 120 games and, you know, they rested the last week of the season and it's like, okay, now two, you have to. Now you get two weeks off. Basically. Yeah. It's like, so are they going to play the entire 162 and risk injury or are they going to sit and say, you're going to go two weeks without seeing live. Good luck when we play, you know, a team who just swept or a team who just, you know, whatever, won the series. So that's, that's the only thing. Baseball is very momentum-based. 
huge, huge momentum. You never, you never know who's going to win. That's the cool thing about baseball. It's like the NBA where the best teams, you know, win, win it all. So I'm with it. Um, Andrew, I don't know if you had another you know, talking point on that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you were that. I, I like as a, as a fan and maybe as a player wouldn't really want that bye week or whatever you would call it, you know, that bye. Um, just because you're right. It's momentum. You lose a lot of momentum. I I'm taken back to the 2014 angels where we clinched within, you know, two weeks after the season had nothing really to play for up in those last two weeks. And then we just got bodied by the wildcard team, the Royals who had momentum and got good. Um, you're super hot. We're super hot. And oh, that hurts to think about. I'm going to move on from that point. <laughs> but uh, uh, the Braves this year, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I'm all for expanding the playoffs, mostly because I hate the wild card game. I don't think a 162-game season should come down to one game. As much as I wanted to watch the Cardinals beat the Dodgers, um, I just don't think that that's, that's just not fair to, to a hardworking baseball team. Yeah, I think three games at least. Like, not yep. a three-game like three series. We, we, said, we said three-game series for two through seven, and then they would, the, whoever the one seed would get to play that, like, Friday. Yeah, at the very least, needs to be a three-game set for sure. Um, yeah. Just brings a lot, a lot more to the table. So, last thing we're going to talk about here, and I feel like this is kind of a big talking point. I don't think that I think that this is kind of a collaboration on on everything as well, and teams tanking. Um, I know, like I said, it's not a huge talking point on like both player side and owner side, but it's it's kind of the main premise, honestly, when you look at it of uh, this lockout and what's going on. I think so. Nate, I'll let you take it away here. Um, We're not going to let Andrew start. I'll let, I'll, we can let Andrew start this time. That's fine. I mean, that's that, that's a disadvantage to Andrew. But uh, go ahead. I can take. I'll take the start. I'll take the start here. I've got two points that I want to talk about to combat tanking. Um, first of all, tanking is just ruins the competition of the game. It, it stalls the progress of the game itself growing. So. As players, we're very much so against tanking. It hurts our contracts. It hurts our fellow teammates to play on garbage teams um, just to sell some tickets. Um, we as players support the lottery system. We'd like to see eight to ten teams in the lottery um, just because that uh, – with eight to ten teams, there's there's a wide mix of, of who can possibly get the number one spot. And it, it's kind of like, well, if you're in that that ten, then you already you know have a shot at it as much as you are the team that's at – you know, the worst in the league. So it really helps discourage tanking. And then also we want to institute a salary minimum. Teams without doubt are making enough. And, and you've got several teams out there who I think in, in 2021, there were 11 teams who had salaries that were under a hundred million. Um, and the last revenue count we had was almost every team made over a hundred million um, in 2020. So that's a third of a season, which means most teams are making around $300 million a year and having say payrolls that are under a hundred million just isn't fair to the league. And, and, definitely um, promotes tanking and allows tanking for the teams that are trying to tank. So first starting point is the players are playing the game, you know, like we can, we can put whatever team we want on the field, but it comes down to the players wanting to play. And are, are some of these guys going to play at the level? Like we can give out hundred million dollar contracts all we want, but are these guys actually going to play towards the hundred million dollars that they've, that they've been given? Um, so I, I don't think that there is tanking. Again, just bear with me. Uh, I, I don't think that there is tanking. I think that there are teams who are using strategies who are trying to get better for the future. And, you know, if if they aren't winning as many games as, as maybe you guys would like, I mean, why don't you guys just get better? We're, we're giving you opportunities. We're giving some of these young guys opportunities, which is what you want. You know, you want some of these young guys to be up earlier and we're giving them a chance to play, whether it's uh, for a team who's winning 
you know, 95 to 100 games or whether it's a team who's, who's losing 95 to 100 games. So um, we, we don't think that tanking is a big issue. We think that we're offering big contracts to you guys and you guys just aren't playing to the level of, of expectancy. Like you look at Baltimore, Chris, Chris Davis was offered a big contract and, and he hit, you know, my weight. So um, it's just one of those things where it's, if you guys are afraid of tanking, well, then just get better. Let's not bring Chris Davis into this conversation, huh? That was a low blow <laughs> player. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, but every player wants to play well. Every player wants to do good. Oh, yeah. but it's hard Absolutely. to do that when you've, got, when, you've, when you've got nothing being built around you. I mean, the baseball is a mental game. And, and if our, our players are, have got talent and they're just on a team that's surrounded by a little bit of talent, and they're really only there to sell a few tickets, then, then – um, it's, it's hard to play with that. It's hard to play with that. You look at a guy, I think, um, oh, just blanked on my – I just blanked. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. <laughs> Mike Trout. Arguably, the Angels haven't been tanking, but he's a guy who, who – we've seen him kind of close out seasons early the last few years because of injury, but honestly, mild injuries that he probably could have played through. Um, and he would have played through if he had the team around him that was worth playing. Um, I was thinking of Will Myers, though. Will Myers is someone who – like rode it out on the Padres, a team that tanked and kind of built up a really nice farm system and really turned developed into a good team. But he's a guy who vocalized like, Hey, like it's nice to have some winners around me. It's nice to really play. And he had shown in his performance. He played better once you kind of got that Manny Machado Fernando Tatis around him. Um, so I don't think it's as easy as just play better. And, and part of it too, though, is you look at some of those teams that you're talking about, the teams that aren't spending money and those teams are in the playoffs, you know, Oakland's not spending money there. They were, you know, a borderline playoff team this last year. They've been in the playoffs three of the last four years. Uh, Tampa Bay was just in the World Series two years ago, and they don't spend money. So it's hard to say that just because we don't, some of these owners don't spend the money doesn't mean that we're not trying to win. You know, maybe we're just doing things a little bit differently. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's a big deal with, you know, not all of us are billionaires. Not all of us are, are the uh, Steve Cohen of the Mets, you know, like we can't just go throw hundreds of millions of dollars at every single player. But as long as we're trying to put a team out there that wins and whether you guys think we're trying or not, like that's, that's kind of up to you guys. Yeah, that's fair. And I think though that then on your end, if you believe that, then there needs to be a culture shift within the owners. Cause there are those owners who, who aren't putting together good teams and are having terrible payouts. You look at I mean, the Cleveland Indians who sold off after 2020, the Baltimore Orioles who struggled at the bottom for a while, the Marlins who are working on it, but have struggled at the bottom and having a terrible payroll for a while. Um, change the culture in the owners that if you're going to buy a baseball team, come to compete, don't come because you just want to make money. Yeah. And, and I think that that goes for, for both of us, you know, maybe it's something where we can work something out where, um, Maybe, maybe your contracts have um, an option in it where if you guys aren't performing, we'll, we'll have two options. You know, if, if you're performing well, you can opt out and go to another team. If you're not performing well, we can touch you and we don't have to pay you. Um, maybe that's something that we could talk about where it, it could get you out of tanking, you know, because if, if you don't like the team you're on, play really well and opt out. And if, you, if you're not playing well, like – some of the guys I've mentioned, and we can just cut you. And I don't have to worry about paying $35 million for a guy hitting 152. Sounds like less money for me as a player, and I'd rather not do that. <laughs> well, it, then perform, right? Like, it, it comes down to performing. Nate, you're really hammering away that uh, performance thing. Um, 
I mean, it's the, fair, it's fair the, argument. The, the Orioles are paying Chris. They were paying Chris Davis a lot yeah, of money to different. suck at baseball, yeah. and, and they were paying Dylan Bundy some money. They were paying Alex Cobb a lot of money. Like you look, and maybe they were really, really bad at baseball. Like the Orioles were really, really bad. I'm not saying that they weren't, but like they were actually trying based on contracts and stuff. So it's kind of funny that like Baltimore gets picked on for being bad at baseball, but it's like, hey. They, they spent a lot of money. They just had guys who sucked. It's not like Oakland where they're just going out and not spending money. Like we're, what's probably going to happen when this lockout ends, which is going to be Oakland is going to be like Oaklandless in a sense. Like everybody's going to get traded. I would assume like there has to be trades lined up with Oakland around That's the true. corner. Yeah, it has, it has to happen. Like there's no way that Oakland's going to make it through. Or and, that and, Oak, and Oakland did this, what, five years ago? And they've been in the playoffs more times than the Angels in those five years. So, I mean, like, yeah. it's just funny how, like, I, I agree, tanking is an issue. And I'm totally just trying to be an owner now. But um, <laughs> I, I do think that there should be a, a bigger lottery. I think 10 teams is, is probably fair. But um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just interesting when you look at some of these teams that have not been successful. They, they just – kind of get unlucky with one free agent or two and an injury. And next thing you know, they go from being, oh, hey, this could be a borderline playoff team, kind of like the Angels last year. Like, they were a borderline playoff team, and Trout goes down, Rendon goes down, and it's like, oh, crap. Like, all they have is Shohei Otani, and he can't do this on his own. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I um, can I give it a tie to both of you guys? Because you guys both – I mean, it, even Nate. Like, Nate, I know you're arguing with the, for the owners there. And I know we're going to – got the challenge, man, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, it's it, you, you argued that you argued it very well, um, but uh, but I got to give it to Andrew because I'm going to go with the player side of things. Well. <laughs> um, I started to get your hopes up there, big guy. Uh, <laughs> I heard Ty. <laughs> lockout is over. Lockout, yeah, lockout's <laughs> over officially. Um, I'm not going to name this podcast that. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> uh, false advertising. Oh my goodness, I get you out for that one, but uh, but yeah, I mean I'm um. I'm intrigued to see what happens in general with all of this because it definitely feels like, like I start, like I started this off with, that tanking is one of the main reasons why this lockout is, is really happening. And then you know, like when you look at it, tanking turns into less money, like the money side of things. And of course, money owns base, money owns everything. Of course, so there's that. And how many, how much money is going to get paid to players? So I mean, when you look at it, like if teams weren't tanking, it's not that we'd have a lockout right now. I'm sure we still would, but we wouldn't be nearly as as bad because there's a lot of stuff wrong with baseball, but, um, but Hey, great job. I, I like that a lot. Um, thanks for bringing that up first, Andrew. I, yeah, I, thank you. Andrew. I <laughs> Even though I didn't, didn't, didn't argue it. Um, and I put Nate kind of on the spot. Good job, Nate. I thanks, sure. appreciate that as well. Um, you did good. You did really good. So, um, I, I think we're good here. Andrew, again, I appreciate it so much for you, you hopping yeah. on whenever you want to come on and, and, and vent or talk some baseball, you let me know. Um, we'll make it happen. Uh, have to I definitely have to get you on some more. Um, yeah, say, I'd love to. You again, man. Get, uh, where can they follow you? Uh, all that fun stuff. Now that they know who the man, the myth, the legend is behind the yeah. great Instagram page. Yeah, Angels Top Plays on Instagram. Again, that's that's like the homepage. That's where everything started. And we're working on some new things. Or I'm working on some new things, trying to put some new stuff together, some new platforms. So keep an eye out for that. And Twitter plays or at plays angels is where I am on Twitter. Is there a team with it? Like, do you have other people that work with you? I get you mean, um, if they are. Yeah, no, actually it's just me. My brother's helped me out a few times when I needed it. Um, but I've always been kind of the one behind it okay. running well, it. Yeah. Cool. I wasn't sure if there was a couple of you guys like, I mean, I can't do it without Nate. Just kidding. I can. <laughs> <laughs>
So, guys, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Again, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on, taking the time, right. talking with us, uh, screwing around a little bit. It was, it was an absolute blast meeting you and, and talking with you. Um, so thank you so much on that side of things. Um, guys, if you could subscribe to this podcast, go follow Andrew as well if you don't already. I have to assume everybody does, man. Everybody does. Everybody knows who we are. You're, you're, you're the man that the legend. We're getting 50,000. I'm excited. Dude, I, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool, man. Make help this man get to fifty thousand on Instagram. That's super. That's super cool, man. So, uh, guys, subscribe to this podcast if you're uh, listening or watching us on YouTube or wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe to it. Leave us a review, whether it's good or bad, um, so we can get better or worse. Whatever you guys want us to do. Um, you can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate at Nate Green thirty four. From all of us here at Talking Halos, thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.